Welcome to the R3 Ministry Network podcast, your ministry associate podcast, or you might refer to it as a map for ministry, for staying the ministry course and enjoying the journey. My name is Greg Joyner. I am the director of R3 Ministry Network, and I'm thrilled to have you a part of today's first episode with Brandon Joyner. We'll be tag teaming here for, uh, once a month and talking about all things R3, where we desire to refresh, revive, and restore pastors and churches to greater gospel impact and personal joy. Our passion is to minister to ministers. We want you to experience better health, increased strength, and life-giving balance to have a greater gospel impact and personal joy. We don't just want you to stay the course. We want you to enjoy the journey. We're reminded in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, we're also challenged by this to give ourselves fully to the work that God's called us to, that when we do that, it is never useless and it's never without purpose. So stay the course. That's our heart that we want to bring to you. R3 Ministry Network and R3 Ministry Podcast. You can expect a few things with the episodes. We'll we'll get together once a month with Brandon and my son, who's a church planner also in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I'm excited to have him a part of this uh, podcast once a month. And then we'll have another interview with other pastors and ministry leaders and get their insights on how to continue to stay refreshed and revived for the good work of ministry. Today's episode, we're going to talk just a little bit about Brandon's background, let him tell us some of those things, and uh, give us his own ideas of how they stay. he stays refreshed personally and also as a family. Brandon, welcome to the podcast. I'm so honored to be your dad, but I'm also honored to have you a part of this podcast with R3 Ministry. Tell us a little bit about yourselves and uh, what you have going on there in Chapel Hill. Yeah, it's great to be here. Um, definitely count this as an honor I don't know much about anything, but any little bit that I know along the way, I'm, I'm glad to be able to talk about it. Uh, my wife and I have been down here now for uh, just a little over three years. We moved down here in 2017, November 2017, the Monday after Thanksgiving. We rolled up to our home that we were renting, our little old farmhouse, <laughs> looked around and knew we didn't know anyone within 45 minutes or so. We said, okay, here we go. <laughs> Let's do this. And so by God's grace, after just hitting the streets and talking with people. We started holding informational meetings in January of 2018 and then launched the church, I guess, March is what you, I guess, say March. Uh, We launched in March 18th and then we chartered officially on September 23rd, 2018. And so we'll be celebrating our three-year anniversary from, I guess you could say, the birth of our church uh, coming up in September. So it's definitely been challenging, but it's been a great reward to be here for sure. Uh, everything you thought it would be, and, and and then some. Let me back up a minute. Uh, give us a, a little bit of a, a leading up uh, to that calling to do church planting there in Chapel Hill. Can you give us a little brief background of uh, of Brandon and kind of what uh, led him along that way to that calling to do church planting there in Chapel Hill? You know, first off, I wasn't ever even planning on going into the ministry. You know that you try to give your plans up to God, it's going to change. Uh, <laughs> a lot of times it will. And I went to school for business communication. I graduated with a business communication degree. I was hired to work for a company during my senior year of college and then transferred over that and ended up moving to the place I did not want to go to. And that had no knock on Pennsylvania. That's where I grew up. And so I wanted to branch out on my own, but God brought me back to Pennsylvania uh, to ultimately bring me back to the church that I grew up in. Long story short, after working with that company for a year or so, the opportunity came about to be the youth director at the church and I was approached and asked that question and after some months of praying felt like that's the direction that God wanted uh, myself to go to and then my wife who was my girlfriend then 
felt the same way as well. And so started serving in the ministry there for several years, not having any intention of doing anything else other than youth ministry. But it was while I was serving at a church plant in 2014, leading a team missions trip there, God started working in my heart about church planting. Prayed about that for about, I would say about two and a half years, roughly, before I ever even said anything to our senior pastor to get his wisdom on it. Because I wanted to make sure that it wasn't a emotional decision. I wanted to make sure this was something that God Mm -hmm. truly wanted us to do. And so when it came to the point where I felt like if I wasn't going to do this, that I would be sinning, I figured it was time for us to, to start moving in that direction. And so, you know, of course, my senior pastor, Pastor Scott Wendell, being very gracious and always being uh, very wise, was fully supportive of that. And so I told him that in January of 2017 and then finished out the youth ministry throughout that summer, went on a few months of deputation. And then um, again, we weren't just like church planting, I wasn't ever planning on becoming a church planter. I tried not to go to Chapel Hill. Uh, I grew up a Tar Heel fan, full disclosure, because uh, I am a Christian. And so I grew up. A Wait a Tar second. Fan. I guess my question, can you be a true believer and a Tar Heel fan? That would be my question. You, you can be. And the question that I ask people is, how could you in the right Christian uh, conscience cheer for a team that's named the Blue Devils? Oh, you know, so it is it and I'm still trying to figure out how that uh, you could be our son and grow up in our household, knowing that we're not uh, Carolina fans and you become one. I have to chalk all that up to the sanctification process. God growing everybody <laughs> <Great. different ways. laughs> and using those things. So with me being a Tar Heel fan, I always had a, a heart for Chapel Hill. I should say I always had an interest for Chapel Hill. And so and we prayed about going to different areas like Arizona and other areas. And so I came down here with my wife on a survey trip and I met with a few local pastors, Bob Radenberg being one of them uh, over at Friendship Baptist Church in Raleigh. And I met with another gentleman by the name of Dave Burgraff, who is uh, an executive, I think he's the executive pastor over at Colonial Baptist, uh, I think it's now Shepherd's Church in Cary, North Carolina. And I'll start with Bob Radenberg. He looked at me and he said, as we were talking over coffee at his home, I never met him before. Just the first time I've met him. And he said, we have been praying for a family to go to Chapel Hill to start a church. Hmm. Okay. And so as I was meeting with Dave Burgraff, now the Shepherd Church where he's at is a large church, large ministry. I think they probably have close to 4,000 or so people in attendance. And so they have a big network. And he said that they don't know of anyone within their network or anyone period that has ever gone to Chapel Hill to plant a church. And that doesn't mean that there aren't churches in Chapel Hill. They, there are some here. Mm-hmm. It's just there's not an abundance of what we refer to as gospel preaching churches. And so that with multiple other things was kind of the guidance to bring us here to Chapel Hill. God quickly supplied the support and the funds that we needed to get here. And we hit the ground running. And mm-hmm. for me to say that it has been joyful and easy it has been joyful, but there's been times where it's been horrible. <laughs> we're, we're, we're honest with ourselves, but I, I never. So church planting is not all, not all no. peaches and cream, huh? No, I never regretted doing this. Like, I never regretted following God. I know this is clear, but it, uh, it's not all peaches and cream, which is probably why we have this podcast. <laughs> it is. Actually, it leads me to one of the important segments for this podcast. I guess I can go there now because you gave a, a good briefing of your background and your calling and uh, how God certainly has 
uh, preeminence in our lives to change our minds. So when we think we got it nailed, like you said, you had no idea, no inclination to go back to Pennsylvania. And uh, there it is, God had you working there in the secular world. And you hadn't thought about uh, particularly doing ministry as a full-time vocation. But then again, God intervened in your life and transitioned you into that. And uh, and then later on in the in the church planting, but that's a lot of life. I mean, that's a lot to go through, not just for you, but also for Eileen, your wife. To, at that time, your your, your fiance or, or girlfriend then became your fiance to, to hear that, hey, we're going to be doing ministry and not doing you know secular things. So God has done some uh, major work in your lives to, to use you as he's using you now. So it would take me, because uh, going through all the things you've gone through in, in just a few years there as a young couple, young family, as part of our heart at R3 is just to help refresh pastors, be they, you know, just starting out or church planters, if they've been doing it for 10 or 15 years, or if they've been doing it for many years, how do they maintain that refreshment? So in this segment, give us some ideas, uh, Brandon, how you personally maintain uh, refresh, being refreshed, staying refreshed on a daily uh, basis, but also beyond the daily. How do you stay refreshed? So to give that answer, I'll give a personal testimony with, with me just for a few moments. Um, at the end of 2019, it had been um, about almost two years, honestly, since we had first started. And we celebrated our one-year anniversary, September. Was it? No, it was... We, yeah, one year anniversary, September of, of 2019. And, you know, the church had been growing at that time. We were I think, averaging probably around 40, 45 people or so, which is great. I mean, starting from virtually kind of no one or just a small group to, to that point, it was exciting. We celebrated our anniversary and then it was as if the bottom fell out. <laughs> and we had several people to stop coming to church. Uh, giving started decreasing and I just started getting worn down physically. Uh, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease, and I don't really know the reason how people get that, but I do think stress is a factor in all of that. And um, multiple different things occurred. And I remember just, it was it was New Year's Day. I was at, at my in-law's house in Nebraska, and I remember laying in bed uh, as a family was just kind of getting up and praying. And I remember making the decision, God, as we go into 2021 or 2020, this is all yours. I'm done. I'm done trying to build this. And I did trust in God, but there was a lot of Brandon trying to build to it. Mm -hmm. And so I just had a ministry mind shift at that point where I gave it all to God. I stopped trying to do things out of my own effort, gave it all to God. And we understand that 2020 COVID and one thing after another hit and just trying to navigate through those waters. And you have to get to the point in your ministry, and I'm going to say something, and I don't mean to come across as heartless, and, and I'll explain what I'm trying to say here, but you have to come to a point in your ministry where you have to say, I don't care. And this is the, let me explain this. It's, it's not that I don't care about God, obviously. It's not that I don't care about uh, people's well-being and their spiritual growth. It's, I don't care how my future and what Brandon Joyner's kingdom more or less looks like. I'm going to lead the church based upon how I believe God has called me to lead it without any pretense of trying to build a kingdom on my own. Because at any point, God could move me. He could move our family. Again, I, I don't see that happening anytime, but he can move us. And Chapel Hill Baptist doesn't need us. He doesn't. He can bring somebody else in. They'll probably do a far better job than what I do. But at the end of the day, we just have to get to a point where we say, I'm just going to preach the word of God. I'm going to pray and I'm going to love my family. 
And however God decides to grow that through his sovereignty and my faithfulness, that, that's, that's obviously up to God. I think constantly reminding ourselves this, of not trying to run ourselves down to add on another program, not saying programs are bad, but try to do all these things out of fear of maybe losing people if you're not staying busy enough to keep them engaged, or fear of them falling spiritually if you don't add another discipleship program, but mm -hmm. just being faithful with, with what's in your hand. I think mm -hmm. that that will keep you spiritually refreshed. So it's a constant prayer reminding yourself that at any point God can move you. You just stay faithful where you are and you build King God's kingdom and not your own. Yeah. I think this is a good point to be reminded. This is God's business. This is, this is God's work, not ours. He just allows us to participate in it. And we should do it fully as we were challenged from, you know, first Corinthians 15, 58, that our, our labor is not useless. It's not without purpose. It's not, you know, vain, but God will use it in a great way. And, and you getting to that point of saying, hey, this is God's work here. He's the one that's called me. And if anything good's going to come from it, he's going to do it. Not what I've done, not my busyness. Not, and I heard you use that word busy. And we can be busy about a lot of things, but maybe not necessarily uh, trusting in what God's providing for us. So I think that's a good reminder to us to stay refreshed is, is to trust God, to trust him completely and fully. Uh, on a daily basis, on a, uh, a beyond daily, because that's that's a biggie, what you just said there. But are there any particular things that you do on a daily basis? And I, and I know it's not a, you know, do these three things and this, you know, keep you refreshed, no, no steps that way. But just for Brandon personally, what are some things you, you do to stay refreshed? So just the routine for me helps me stay focused. And so what that routine looks like is, Every morning I wake up early and uh, of course you got to get the coffee going. And then I go into the room and I've been reading through the Bible and I pick, you know, it, I don't do it for qual uh, quantity. I'm not trying to sit down and read eight chapters at a time, but I'm reading through the Bible and I've been challenged this year to start journaling more and more faithfully. And what I did at the beginning of the year is I laid out all these goals, right? Prayer for goals. That's at the first part of the journal. But as those goals are a daily reminder of what I believe God has called me to try to accomplish this year. As I read God's word, I journal based upon what God's word is communicating to me. And then I see how those goals are matching up with God is teaching me through his word. And that's a daily basis. And I spend time in prayer. And then I, I usually choose a book that has something to do with spiritual encouragement during my morning devotions, not doctrinally based deep books. I do that during my study time. But right now I'm reading a book. Um, I think it's called Transforming Prayer. And it's just focusing on how to cultivate a better prayer life. And so that that's how I start off my day. You, you read God's word, but then you read a book that's encouraging and designed to be encouraging rather than doctrinally deep. And then you spend time in prayer. And uh, it's the quietness of that, that moment before the kids wake up. Eileen's usually doing her own thing in the other room. That just kind of helps me get my mind and my heart in check to take on the next part of the day. And then I look at every aspect of that day as as something that it's me serving God by the grace of God and not necessarily dependent upon me. And that'll Amen. take a lot of pressure. Off Amen. Too. Yeah. And, and you've already reminded, as you reminded us today, that you hold those plans and those goals loosely because God uh, certainly is fully in charge. And as he's proven in your life, he, he can change those things at a moment's notice and uh, you're trusting in him. So how about for your family? I know you have, uh, you know, in my opinion, you well know this, two of the most precious grandchildren in the whole wide world and the most precious wife in the whole wide world, daughter-in-law for us. Uh, she's a gem. 
How do you stay refreshed as a family? Because ministry, as you indicated earlier, can be draining. It can be challenging. And uh, and throw on top of that, a church planter going to an area, he doesn't know anyone. And uh, they haven't particularly embraced as you had two wise uh, older pastors mentoring in your life, uh, giving you that indication as well. H- how do you stay refreshed as a family and as a couple? Somebody once told me when I first started in the ministry, and they were counseling me, discipling me as a young pastor. They said that five years from now, six years from now, most likely the people that you're ministering to right now may not be in your church or the counseling issue that you're dealing with right now, you probably won't remember five years from now, but you're still going to have your family and you're still going to have your kids that are looking up to you. And so I've always kept that in the back of my mind that there are seasons in which ministry is busy, but I always, 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 to the best of my ability, take one full day a week to devote 100% to family time. Uh, I don't do any ministry those days. Uh, If I absolutely have to, I'll wake up really early before they wake up. But we usually will go out, we'll grab some coffee, Casey and loves to play outside, we'll play outside. And then I take majority of the evenings after work. You know, sometimes we go out and obviously we have to do counseling and got to take care of those things. But I take those evenings to be at home with the kids. Um, we, we, we read a book before they go to bed, usually a devotional book. And uh, it's just making that purpose that no matter how busy life gets, how ministry gets, busy it gets, usually we take Mondays off. But if I can't do a Monday, I'll make up for it. And I'll do it another day of the week to try to have that family day. I understand not everybody could do that. You're working two, three jobs, but purposely making time every single week of quality time with your family is huge. And helping your kids understand that ministry isn't more important than they are. And I think that that's one that. You don't want to, your children or your your spouse to say in their hearts that ministry took you away from them. I think I heard from you that a couple of things are big. One is you're intentional about having that time Uh, as a family, you set aside, you schedule it. You don't see if it's going to happen. You see that it does happen uh, with all that's, uh, you know, available within your power to do that. And then you also uh, gave things that you enjoy doing or your children or or your wife enjoys doing that. I didn't hear a lot of money that was involved there (laughs) playing outside, taking hikes, those kind of things. They don't take a lot of money, but I, I think presence is the powerful a gift there just to be around one another. I, I have heard many times in my life, well, the important thing is is quality time. And that is important. I don't know if any of us know exactly when that quality time happens without quantity time being involved. So I think I heard that, that you're intentional about it and that uh, it doesn't take a lot of finances. It just takes some creativity and a desire for it to happen. Thanks for that. For you personally, for your family. Hey, why don't we take a moment uh, before we get to our next segment and thank our sponsor for this episode. And that would be Marcor Ministries. I know Bob and Debbie Blum of Marcor Ministries, and they have a heart to serve God with their lives. And uh, they have started a ministry a couple of years ago, actually beyond a couple of years ago, where they use their dogs to to do retrieving. Now they're uh, doing this for children's ministries, for Bible schools, for children activities, but not just for children. They also do it for nursing home facilities and and anyone else really that's interested in seeing two trained British Labrador retrievers do what they're supposed to do. Now, if I read what the ministry stands for and the, the lesson that they're teaching is trust and obedience. I see where Bob stated here, as I was working with a Black Irish Lab Gunny several years ago, it occurred to me that that's exactly what Gunny does. He trusts me and he obeys me. 
as Gunny had to learn to trust over the past couple of years by listening to my words and through much effort and repetition, doesn't our walk with God require the same of us, trust and obey? And then I've seen Gunny and, uh, and the more recently, uh, Jima, they partner up with Marcor Ministries and Bob and Debbie in leading that. Now, let me say this about them. They have such a heart for ministry that they will go to your church within a reasonable driving distance from their base of operation there in Pennsylvania, and they will, at no charge, do a demonstration with Gunny and Jima for your Bible club, for your academy, for your children's program, for nursing home facilities, any other outreach that you might have of interest there to show this. So you ought to think about connecting with Marcor Ministries. You can reach them on the internet at marcorministries.org. I would encourage that you give them a check out there and contact them about coming to your church soon. You'll be blessed by it. And we're thankful for Marcor Ministries sponsoring this episode of our three ministry podcast. Brandon, back to being refreshed. You told us about personal refreshment, gave us a little insight on your, your family staying refreshed. How about as pastor, what are some things that you do to keep your church family refreshed? This has been a chaotic year. And, you know, we could say that about all the years, but I don't know if I'd find too many people that would say we had a more chaotic time. And, uh, a more crisis leadership time than 2020. And uh, especially for pastors and churches and what they've been confronted with and decisions they've having to make, it wears on you after a while. So what are some things uh, that you're doing for your church to help your church stay refreshed? Part of our vision is to try to keep our church and our ministry here as low overhead as possible. And I use that in a broad sense, to not only apply to the financial aspects and obligations mm -hmm. of the church, but also to the ministry aspects of the church. With us being on the smaller end, um, you know, 50 people or so now that are either connected to us or in person, we don't have a ton of ministries that we can offer. And so what we do is we try to keep it extremely basic. We do children's ministry, nursery, and then we have a worship team and a few other things there. So we want people to serve. I mean, the Bible commands us to serve, but we also don't want to burn people out either. And so we're very sensitive to people and, and, and you, they always give you kind of signs of when they're starting to get burned out, mm. they start showing up later, they start following through things. And so we're very sensitive about that. And then we always are keeping a contact, uh, you know, constant contact with them, but keeping it as low overhead as possible and as simple as possible, I think will prevent the burnout from people rather mm. than creating multiple different programs. We just want to, have people come to church with this thought of, I want to be, I want to be fed. Yes. I want to serve, but not this dread of, Oh my goodness, I got to do this ministry. Now I got to do this, this, and this, and this. And so really just trying to keep it as low overhead as possible without putting up obstacles to people growing in their faith, I think is, is important mm -hmm. and is key for us. Mm -hmm. So, so keeping things simple and not uh, bringing any uh, extra burden, uh, be it time, commitments or even financial commitments is just trying to keep things simple and streamlined and uh, becomes a place of uh, a fellowship connection, but also a place to worship God and be, be fed from his word. Those are important highlights during the, the times that we are experiencing these days and uh, some important reminders to us uh, personally, also as family, but also in leading our church ministries. Anything else, Brandon, before we uh, bow out and wrap this first episode of our three ministry podcast, you want to add to this? I know we're going to be connecting once a month and talking about different ways to do this. And uh, as we were talking to other pastors and ministry leaders too, but anything you want to add to this first one here as uh, we look to wrap this one up? 
I think people keeping people focused on you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast the preeminence of Christ in all things and and letting him be the divine uh, soul authority which he is uh, will take away a lot of perhaps preferences and standards that and of course churches have to have that but sometimes that can be distracting and confusing and so keeping people with Christ being in the forefront of all things will um, really unify a group of diverse people and keep you refreshed and energized as well rather than the burden of things that are not necessarily something that needs to be there. Amen. Brandon, I'm so thankful that we can do this together. I, I uh, respect you as a, as a man. I love you as a son. And I'm grateful for uh, how you're letting God lead your life. And uh, you and Eileen and the kids there, I am uh, I'm so thrilled that uh, we can connect and be a part of this. Be reminded, listeners, that uh, R3 Ministry Network podcast. You might look at it as your ministry associate podcast, your map for staying fresh for the ministry. We desire to refresh and revive and restore pastors and churches to greater gospel impact and personal joy. Our passion is to minister to ministers. We want you to experience better health, increased strength, life-giving balance, to have greater gospel impact and personal joy. We don't want you just to stay the course. We want you to enjoy the journey. We are absolutely committed to a healthy church for every community, because we believe with all of our hearts that a healthy church equals a strong community. And the walls have been broken. There's been a lot of hurt across our land and around the world. And uh, God tells us, Nehemiah, that's a disgrace. It's a disgrace that has happened, but it's also a disgrace that uh, believers, too many believers, let me put it that way, have become comfortable with it. And so our passion here is to see people refreshed and renewed and rejuvenated to do the great work of ministry. It is a great work. Don't be distracted. Stay with it. Pastoring is a wonderful calling. And it's also, it can be fun, but I'm finding that too many are not having fun out there. And we want to help you stay refreshed to stay the course. Here's how you can communicate with us on a podcast. You can go to the website, blog page, that's www.r3ministrynetwork.org. Check us out on social media, Facebook or Instagram, and that's R3 Ministry Network. You can subscribe to the newsletter and you'll get a transcript of this podcast and other things that come out. You can also send an email to us at info at R3 Ministry Network. And uh, any questions, any comments, any future episodes you'd like to hear about, any things like that. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors today, Marcor Ministries. You can check out that ministry and learn more about them at markhorministries.org. Be reminded that coming up on the next episode, we'll be talking to Jake Grassamod, Pastor Jake, pastoring there in Homer, Alaska. He's going to talk about how he and his family stay refreshed and enjoying the ministry and life, but also how different or is it different pastoring in Alaska than it is in the lower 48. Please, if you like today's episodes, help us two things. Number one, subscribe to R3 Ministry Network podcast. Go ahead and hit that subscribe right now. And number two, please give us a five-star rating on the podcast player of your choice. That'd be really important, really helpful for us, new for us. We don't really know what we're doing, but we do know we have a heart to keep pastors and ministers and churches refreshed and strengthened for the course and the journey God's called them on. We give a big thank you to Bryce Hersey Recordings for today's bumper music. He is a talented young man, and he has great gifts for playing the guitar. We're very thankful for him submitting the music to us for the bumpers. Also, a great thank Thank you and shout out to Bryce Hamilton for producing, editing, and doing all things needed for a successful podcast launch. Very grateful for Bryce and his help there. Until next time, remember, stay refreshed for ministry and life. We don't just want you to stay the course. We want you to enjoy the journey. God bless you.